Welcome to Cowboy Jim's Stories Around the Campfire. I've told you some about some of the backpacking that I've done with Anne, and one of our special trips is one I'd like to tell you about now. We drove out to Colorado for vacation time and to see my mom and dad. They had just moved and were running a ranch on the Wimanooch Creek. It was a beautiful place. It's a really a gorgeous spot. One of the things while we were there, we did some fishing and things like that, but we decided we would like to do a horse pack trip from there on the Wimanooch and looking at the maps and everything, it looked like we could get all the way over to Silverton. Now, Silverton is an old mining town in Colorado. It's also high up in the mountains and a beautiful place to go. It's an old western sort of town. When you get there, it still just looks like an old western town. There is a train that goes from Durango to Silverton every day. And it's just for people who want to enjoy a ride on an old steam train going up from Durango all the way to Silverton and back. And it is quite a ride. We've had a chance to do that. And it is a very interesting ride. And you see a lot of country that you can't see any other way going up through some of that canyon there. But we decided going to Silverton by way of horseback would be a lot of fun. And so we were able to do that. So we had a couple of horses that dad had there that he thought would be good for us. And then we got a mule to carry all of our equipment, the tent and food and clothes and everything that we had. We got ready to go. We did look really pretty good. We got up on our horses and started on up Wimanich Creek. There's a trail there, and I've talked about it a little bit, that we just kept following that trail, the horses going along, letting them do all the work. It, it was really neat. It was the first time I'd ever been up that part of the Wimanooch or anything like that, so everything was brand new. So everything from crossing Wimanooch Creek to going on up, and there's a way you can cut up across and you get on top of a kind of a ridge, but it's kind of flat, just beautiful, flat, long grass blowing, trees all around, looking down into Granite Lake. It's a beautiful spot. You can see, I've talked about the window and Rio Grande Pyramid and everything off there. It was really, really pretty, and we enjoyed that time. Anna and I both said that if we could do what we wanted to do, we'd make a cabin right there and just spend our time in that area of the Wimanooch. We rode on up and crossed over on Wimanooch Pass and started going down and we didn't know exactly the country. We didn't know where we were gonna camp. And since then I've realized there are a couple of places we could have camped, but I didn't know them at the time. And so we went actually all the way down to the Rio Grande Pyramid. And by then it was starting to get almost dark and I knew we had to stop. We didn't wanna camp in the dark. Uh, we had gone at that point, it was probably about uh, a little short of 20 miles, maybe. We knew that we needed to stop. And so we crossed over and there's a, an old Jeep road that goes on up that we were going to follow a ways. And we went up there just a little bit and looked down off the side, down towards the 
Rio Grande Reservoir at that point, and there was a nice flat area and looked like a good place to camp. And it was. We got down there, got things set up, got our tent all set up, and there was plenty of wood around for a fire and uh, grass for the horses and mules. And so I hobbled them. Uh, I, if you know what hobbles are, hobbles are things you put on the front feet of horses so, so that they can't really walk. For people that don't know what they're like, think sort of like handcuffs for horses, only they're with leather so they don't hurt their ankles or anything like that. And that way they can move around and be able to eat and everything, but not go very far. So that's what we did. We had the camp set up there, beautiful sky there on one side. There's some big cliffs that you can look at. The reservoir was really full then, and you could hear the water. I didn't do any fishing right there. I have fished there later and caught some good fish. In fact, had one big fish just break off my line. It was so big. But this time we didn't. We just had the food that we needed and sat around the fire and enjoyed just camping out there in the middle of nowhere. We went to sleep that night and long about 5.30 in the morning, I heard this tremendous noise and I heard it sounded like horses. And I, I couldn't figure out what was going on. And I, I got up out of the tent. I was in my long johns. And I looked up and there was a herd of horses running down the road. Not running, but just kind of moving along pretty fast. And I realized that there were a couple of guys behind him. They were driving a herd of horses. And I found out later that they had a summer pasture farther on up. And they were taking all those horses up there. Well, that was okay, except my horses thought they were getting left behind. And so there they go, starting to chase after those horses that were running on up that Jeep road. And they're, they're hobbled, so they're just having to kind of hop along, kind of crow hop. And I thought, oh no, my horses are getting away. And so I went running up after them. Now, I am the most tender-footed guy you ever saw in your life. I have never been good at going barefoot. I don't particularly like it. But this time, I was barefoot. And I go running through the rocks and the grass, trying to catch up with the horses. I knew if I could catch one then I would be able to get the others. But I went running up ahead and I got uh, my horse. I don't even remember that horse's name. But uh, I grabbed him, got him stopped. And the other horses, the horse mule saw that, oh, oh, uh, Jim's here. We're okay. And so I led them back to our camp. It was a little bit scary because if we were without the horses there, it was a long hike out to find some place where we could get help. But we got the horses all together there and had our breakfast, packed everything up, put everything on the pack mule, and started on up that Jeep road. It was, a, a, again, a very beautiful spot. The road goes on up. Eventually, we knew we were going to have to cross the Continental Divide again. We'd cross the divide at Wimanooch Pass, but then it kind of circles back around, and we knew we were going to have to cross it again. And it was a place 
called the Stony Pass. And we didn't know much. All we knew was what the map that we were following looked like. And so we spend the whole day headed up towards Stony Pass. There are some beautiful valleys up that way. Eventually, we got to the headwaters of the Rio Grande River. There's a little sign, at least it used to be there, kind of stuck right in the side of a hill that says headwaters of the Rio Grande. At that point, it was just a little spring coming out the mountain right there. <laughs> but all along there, Bear Creek comes down there, Rio Grande. Uh, there, there are several other little streams that come down from different areas big beautiful valleys everywhere and so we spent the whole day you can just imagine climbing more and more up stony pass actually is probably about 11,000 maybe a little more than 11,000 feet above sea level so we're climbing quite a bit with our horses we're having to take our time and as we get closer and closer we realize there's a lot of snow up the mountains yet now this was in july but there was just a lot of snow yet, and we weren't quite sure what was going to happen when we got up there. As we got all the way up at Stony Pass, and by then it was getting well into late afternoon, it had taken that long to get up there, we came to a place, and again, part of this is on that old Jeep road, where obviously somebody has dug out all the snow so that people in Jeeps could get on over. We found out later that had happened the day before. Somebody had gone up and taken a front-end loader and moved enough snow so that the Jeeps could get on by. Now, there were no Jeeps coming or going, but they were getting ready for some big trip, I guess. If that hadn't happened, I don't know how we would have gotten around all that snow because it was still very deep and very soft, hard to go through, especially on horseback. So so we got up there, we got past the snow. Of course, with snow, it, it's pretty chilly up there. And we got just on the other side of Stony Pass and found a great place to camp. So again, we set everything up. But this time, I decided I was not going to let my horses go too far. So I hobbled all of them, but I tied one of them to a tree with, with the hobbles and with a long lead to his one foot. So he could still move around, but he wasn't going to be running off. Well, that night, the hills were just alive with coyotes howling and those horses did not want to leave us at all. They got as close to our fire as they possibly could. We, again, just enjoyed the outdoors. Bright, bright sky. So many stars, you can't even believe it. And it was a magnificent time. One of the things that happened there that we always laugh about, we have been riding for two days now, and Anne was not used to riding horses. I grew up uh, a lot on a ranch. I'd ridden horses a lot. And although I hadn't ridden too much for a while, and I was a little bit saddle sore, I, I wasn't too bad. But Anne was so saddle sore, she finally got off her horse. Her horse's name was Bill. And she got off Bill just to walk a little bit. And she said, first of all, 
I know now why cowboys walk the way they do, <laughs> just because of being saddle sore. And she said she was about ready just to walk the rest of the way to Silverton. That was still 20, 25 miles away. So she knew she wasn't going to do that. But she found out what being saddle sore really looks like and feels like. If you've ridden at all for many days in a row and if you haven't ridden a while, being saddle sore is the most incredible pain about the third day. It, you do want to feel like you just want to walk and it hurts everything you do. Your legs weren't always meant to go quite that way. The second day is bad. The third day is agony. By the fourth day, if you get that far, then you're starting to feel a little bit more like a normal person. Next morning, we got up. Our horses were all there. That was a good sign. And we packed up and headed on down to Silverton. And Silverton, again, at that point was still about 20 miles away, maybe a little bit more. And so we spent the whole day headed down and dropping down, oh, about 2,000 feet in elevation, but winding down over part of that old Jeep road, and then eventually got down about, uh, maybe it's about uh, four miles out of Silverton, we hit a really pretty good gravel road. That road goes on up to some other places from Silverton, where some of the old mines are that are still working. And so the last little bit, we were on this a pretty good gravel road. It started to rain. And so we stopped and put on our slickers. We had on our chaps because that's just the, the way I grew up. You wear your chaps as you're riding. And so we're going along. We have our cowboy hats pulled down low. We have on our slickers. We have our chaps on. We're riding two pretty nice looking horses and got this mule following us with a nice looking pack on it. A couple of cars started going by and they would slam on their brakes and whip out their cameras and start taking pictures. It was so funny because we just realized we looked very authentic and looked very Western. And so we rode on into Silverton. By then the rain had stopped, the sun was out, but we still had our hats on, our slickers on, uh, shaps, everything, and we ride into Silverton, which is really this tourist sort of town. And we're riding up the old streets there, and people are whipping out cameras everywhere. Now, I don't mind telling you, we did look good. We are on people's pictures, probably from all over the country. Just as we got close to where the train comes in from Durango, the train came in and it stopped and we had to be a little careful because there's a lot of noise. We didn't want our horses to spook. But as we got there, just as the train got up, we're riding by. And again, movie cameras come out, cameras come out. All these people on the train are piling out, trying to take pictures of us. They think that this is all part of just the scenery in Silverton. We enjoyed that moment of fame, that's for sure. When we got there, I wasn't quite sure what I was going to do with the horses and mule uh, because there are no real corrals or 
anything like that. You know, these old towns, they don't have livery stables like they used to in the old west. So what we did, we found a little hotel. We were going to spend the night in there. And uh, after we unloaded the stuff we needed and our saddles and everything, I'm, I'm sure people, if they looked in that room, they would have thought, what on earth is going on? But then I took the horses and mule out to the edge of town and I, I found just a, a pasture there. And to this day, I have no idea whose pasture it was. It had a little bit of water in it. It had some good hay and or grass. And so I just uh, put my horses there. I hobbled them again and left them there. In retrospect, it probably was not the smartest thing to do. But nobody said anything, and everything was there the next morning as we needed. In the meantime... Anne's being saddle sore had gotten even worse. So rather than riding the 60 miles back to the Wimenooch, we decided that probably would be better if somebody could come over and pick us up in a big horse trailer. And so we called to mom and dad and eventually mom came over with a big horse trailer and we loaded the horses and mule up got all of our stuff, and we rode back in the pickup all the way through Durango, back over to Pagosa Springs, and back up to the Wimenooch. That was our horse pack trip. 60 miles of unbelievable beauty, really just a neat time together, and got to be kind of the Western heroes for part of a day there in Silverton. One of the funny parts about the whole story is when we got back to the ranch, the Wimenooch, we took our horses out, took care of them. We were all happy with it. Like I said, Ann's horse was Bill. Uh, don't remember the name of mine. And then the mule was just one of the ones that was there, not Jellybean. Jellybean was another mule that we had there that was just round as could be and wouldn't have been a great pack animal. But everything seemed fine until it was after we left. Some more people came. Bill was one of the horses they let the visitors use. And so one morning, one of the visitors saddled up Bill. This was the first he'd been used since the pack trip that we had taken. Put the saddle on and the guy jumped on and Bill went crazy. He started bucking and rearing and throwing himself and finally bucked the guy off. Dad was there, tried to take care of the guy, and everything was okay. But afterwards, he said, he decided, Bill said, I don't want to go on that trip again. <laughs> well, it was a fun trip. It's a special thing to be able to have a friend like Ann, a partner like Ann to spend time together like that. Hope you have a great time in your camping, with your friends, with your family. It's well worth it. I'll see you again next time on Cowboy Jim's Stories Around the Campfire.